This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 562, an excerpt from the audiobook Essential, Essays by the Minimalists, by Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Sunday, and welcome to the podcast where I simply read blogs to you for free, like a gigantic ongoing audiobook with a bunch of different authors. And it's really like an audiobook today, and probably tomorrow too, because I'm playing you an audiobook. I tend to do this when things get hectic around here, or when I'm sick, you know, stuff like that. And what's crazy is that I've almost played this entire audiobook on this podcast. That's a lot of material. And that's just a minimalist material. Imagine how much content it is with all the other authors combined. That's like at least one book per author. Anyway, I originally planned to do seven straight days of minimalism-related posts on the podcast. But then, like I mentioned, it got a little busy around here. I'm focused on trying to improve my process. So I'm extending the minimalism theme by an extra day or two. So with that, let's hear some more from The Minimalists as we optimize your life. The Success Template by Joshua Fields Milburn. Success is not always self-evident, or rather, failure sometimes wields the shiny facade of success. A recent Inc. Magazine cover story featured the Entrepreneur of the Year, Aaron Levy, a steel-eyed, suit-and-tie-clad, 28-year-old startup founder with an impressive track record. The handsome CEO brandishes all the accoutrements of a respect-worthy businessman. He is well-spoken. He has a firm grasp on innovation and business strategy. He is funny and smart and charismatic. And above all, he displays a steadfast work ethic. When unchecked, though, it's the latter virtue that can be problematic. Inside his pages, the Oregon Chronicle, the young centimillionaire's stringent daily routine, quote, He wakes at around 10. He showers quickly and arrives at the office by 11 a.m., He downs two coffees, sometimes holding two cups at once. He rarely eats breakfast, or for that matter, lunch. He spends 90% of his daylight hours in meetings or interviews, to which he walks very quickly or even runs. At 8.30 p.m. after a one-hour nap, Levy gets really, really productive. Each night, he sends a couple hundred emails until 2 or 3 a.m. He does not take weekends off, and in the last handful of years, he has taken only one vacation, a three-day trip to Mexico with his girlfriend, unquote. I was impressed when I first read the above account. It's hard not to be since we tend to base success on the post-industrial revolution standards we've established. After reading it again, though, I quickly shifted from impressed to depressed. You see, Levy's daily program seemed much like my corporate routine of yesteryear on steroids. It was a regimen that nearly killed me and has turned Levy's hair prematurely gray. But the venture capitalists interviewed by the magazine applauded this relentless schedule, endorsing Levy's nonstop pace as a new paragon of success. If that's what success looks like, then color me unsuccessful. I want no part of it. Please don't mistake my words, though. I'm not condemning Aaron Levy. I'm not even objecting to his Energizer Bunny-esque days. With a nine-figure net worth, it's obvious he isn't doing it for the money, like I was, blindly. Instead, I denounce the ideology that says working every waking hour is the template of success. It's not. Success is perspectival. It doesn't have a template. Aaron Levy is successful because he's doing what he wants to do with his life, and he's contributing to the lives of others. His company employs nearly a 1,000 people. However, a stay-at-home dad can be just as successful. Success is a simple equation. Happiness plus constant improvement plus contribution equals success. What's important, then, is to construct a life that aligns with your values and beliefs, your interests and desires, a life that makes you happy and adds value to others. If it doesn't, the shiny facade will eventually rust from the inside. Life is an Acquired Taste by Joshua Fields Milburn. 
The best coffee house in the United States isn't located in Seattle, Portland, New York City, or any of the usual suspects. Press Coffee Bar is nestled between a parking lot and a sewing shop, across the street from a pair of abandoned warehouses and beneath several stories of old brick apartments in Dayton, Ohio, the birthplace of aviation, the cash register, and 100-spoke gold rims. I was sitting in press recently, tucked in the back, enjoying a black coffee, a subtle milieu of roasted beans and Radiohead's OK computer in the atmosphere around me. Back in Dayton for a spell, I was spending a lot of time there dotting the I's and crossing the T's in our most recent book, Everything That Remains. The shop's tattooed proprietors, Brett and Janelle Barker, were, as usual, hard at work behind the counter. The Barkers are a husband and wife duo and are wonderful in more ways than one, friendly, attentive, passionate, and sticklers for detail. From the wood floors and wood panel walls to the music and changed monthly local art installations, everything at press is carefully and intentionally curated not to mention a handful of employees, Caleb, Ani, Brendan, Eric, who feel much more like family than staff, and customers who seem to embody a cheers-esque camaraderie. Then there's the coffee, of course, sourced from only the best roasters and brewed or pulled so carefully, so meticulously, it resembles art much more than food service, all of which culminates in the perfect coffee house, elegant, unpretentious, simple. The simplicity of press transcends the shop itself, not simple for the sake of being simple, Press is simple because they've eliminated the excess in favor of the essential. It was Brett, after all, who convinced me to do the same with my coffee. I used to load my cup of joe with heaps of cream and sweetener until it was more a weak, milky, calorie-laden dessert than a drink. As I stirred in the excess, Brett would quietly rib me, encouraging me to enjoy the flavor without the additives. I didn't listen, not at first at least, not until the day when they ran out of my sweetener of choice and I was forced to go without. It was an unpleasant shock at first, drinking only coffee and cream, but soon my taste buds adjusted. I could better taste the coffee, and I went without sweetener from then on. A month later, being the experimenter I am, I wondered what my coffee would taste like without milk, so I ordered an Americano and shook my head when Janelle asked whether I wanted room for cream. Being unacclimated, the first sip was bitter, a strong punch to the palate. A few days in, I acquired the taste, and for the first time in my life, I could taste the actual coffee. It was more delicious than any of the sugary, weak, milky cups of yesteryear, and I never went back. Black coffee is a synecdoche for life. When you eliminate the excess, when you deliberately avoid life's empty calories, what remains is exponentially more delicious, more enjoyable, more worthwhile. It might be a bitter shock at first, but much like coffee, a meaningful life is an acquired taste. Sip slowly and enjoy. You just listened to an excerpt from the audiobook Essential, Essays by the Minimalists by Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. Now I'll keep this ending minimal for you, but a quick reminder that I'm giving away a book by the Minimalists in just six days. So this book or everything that remains or minimalism, live a meaningful life, it's up to you. So make sure you're on my mailing list at oldpodcast.com to be in that raffle. And make sure you join the Facebook group too for bonus raffles The shortcut link for that is oldpodcast.com slash Facebook or just search for Optimal Living Daily Podcasts in Facebook and look for the group and request to join. That'll do it for today. Have a happy Sunday. Thank you for being here and I'll see you tomorrow for Minimalist Monday where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show except more focused on personal finance. Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. 
and together we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.